Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm one of those people. I like, as my mom said, bulldozer. Hey, Bulldoza. hey. Now, they carry last. Bulldozer. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to B Squared C, a podcast celebrating the stories of women of color in the corporate world. I am your host, Nancy, and I hope everyone is safe and sane wherever you're listening to this from. So if you're listening to this episode on the day it actually dropped, Thursday, July 1st, you're listening to it on my birthday. Happy birthday to me, y'all. And honestly, birthday this year just means a lot, a lot in many, many ways. I am grateful for a lot of things. I'm grateful for good health and having survived a pandemic. I feel for everybody who lost so much in this last year. I have managed to come out relatively unscathed. Got my first vaccine a few weeks back, looking forward to the next one and to being able to see friends and family around the world. I am also grateful for having circles of people who love me and validate me. I have incredible friends who have my back, who I just absolutely adore. Um, And I only survived this pandemic partially because of having those kind of people in my life. I'm also very grateful for having clarity on my purpose and the things I want to wake up and fight for every day, like black women. Biscuit C has been such a huge part of that. And it is such a privilege to be able to tell these beautiful stories of passion and resilience, ambition, and being joyful despite a lot of what the world sometimes throws at black women. Thank you to all my past guests uh, for the energy your stories have given me and to the ones in the future and to everybody listening to this podcast often. You're really the ones that keep me going and I hope you keep riding with me. Okay, let me introduce you to our guest this month, Omena Ukelege. Listen, have you ever met someone and their energy just swept you away? That is Omena for me. She is a walking testimony of all things black woman that make me so proud to tell our stories um, every episode on this podcast. Fear is nothing to Amena when she sets her mind on something. She has not only navigated her career from one type of industry to another, um, you know, moving also cities from London uh, to Amsterdam, but she is also the founder of Creative Gem Session, a space for creatives um, in the Amsterdam area to connect and inspire each other. Take out your notebooks already because Omena is about to be preaching to all y'all. She is passionate, courageous, and a go-getter. And the story will just really blow you away as much as it did me. We even had some tears in this episode, y'all. Let me not waste any more time. Here is Omena's story. Omena, hi. 
How's it going? How's it going? How are you weathering this pandemic? Um, God, I mean, like everyone, it's been a challenge. So it's ups and downs and highs and lows. I think it's mostly been difficult for me, I think, in terms of not being able to see my family as much as I'd like to, which is why I'm currently in London visiting my family. I'm here for like three weeks, which is great. Hey, girl, welcome to Be Squared C. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> Super excited to have you. So, Omina, we met, we haven't met in person. No. But we connected uh, through some of your work some time back. And at that time, we still didn't get to connect. No, I know. Um, I'm but, so, so terrible. Look, oh, forgive me. Oh, forgive me. Hit yourself. <laughs> Why are we like this? Let, let's let's get into the podcast, okay? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm super pumped to have you. I yeah. think that you have such an interesting story. I'm super excited to introduce you to the B Squared C audience on here. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let you actually introduce yourself with like three stories or anecdotes that that define you. Oh, okay, cool. My name is Amena Ukalege. Born in Nigeria, raised in London, and now living in Amsterdam. I'm the founder of the Creative Jam Session, which is a network for people of color, but all are welcome for like-minded professionals who work in the creative industry. And I'm also the North and South Europe Diversity Inclusion Lead at Deloitte. So as you can see, DNI is not just my passion, it's also my commitment. In terms of anecdotes that define me or describe me, I think I've got two. The first one is Don't let your fears rule you. Okay. What I mean by that is I grew up, you know, not, it's funny, you'll laugh. I'm not, I'm not, I'm a shy person. People Mm -hmm. laugh at this. Absolutely not. (laughs) And, but I learned from a very young age that to not let my fear rule me. Okay. Put myself out of my comfort zone. Even though I go into certain situations and I'm literally hyperventilating, but I'm like, just put on that game face and no one ever knows, but I know I'm dying on the inside. But as a, for me to say, don't let your fears rule you, it stops you from making those moves. And what I mean by those moves is like, you know, taking those risks, making those moves, doing those things, you know, things that you're not comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So by taking that leap of faith, that risk, whatever you want to call it, if you succeed, great. That's amazing. You succeeded. If you fail, again, that's still a good thing because you learn from you your learn something from your you learn as much from your failures as you do from your successes. Mm-hmm. When you're back in that situation again, or it's brought to your or offered to you or brought to your table, then you know how to navigate. You know whatever's put in in, in front of you. That's the first one. The second one is when one door closes, several bigger, better doors will open for you, and mm. only you can kick those doors open. And I say that because it's like, it's great. And it's great to have the support of of your friends and your supporters and your champions who rally around you and help you and uplift you and encourage you. But you also need to take that responsibility on yourself. Okay. You know, you can't always rely on other people to do things for you. You have to do it yourself. And I think, Mm. I think growing up as a Nigerian in a Nigerian household, you know, you, we've been raised to be very Mm self-sufficient and independent. So for me, it's like, if I want something, I'm going to go and get it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't, no one's going to give it to me. I, I can be the only one who can go and get it. And I don't go there and get it quietly like, me, 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 you know, literally wallflower. I'm not wallflower. No. I will go, I will kick that door open. I don't open the door, I kick the door, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm one of those people, I, like, as my mom said, bulldozer. Hey. Bulldozer. 
Niger no they carry last. Bulldoze so I bulldozed my way through, of course, with diplomacy and tact and uh-huh. all the good stuff that we learn working in the corporate world, da 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 But you know, I still hold on to that. You know, I think it's as that Nigerian African mentality of uh, going through trials, tribulations, and struggles. I mean, for us, it's like it's it, it's um, I'm going to say a way of life, but it's for us, it's like struggles are like. I don't know, cutting your fingers. Okay, cut my finger. Okay, cool. Let's. It's everyday life. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Let me just do this. Let me go yeah. and do this. But, you know, and I said it to people, don't just, don't let your fear rule you. Just because a door closes in your face doesn't mean that's, that is, that, that is, that's most like isn't the direction that you should go into or mm-hmm. need to go into. Find other doors. There's other doors. Find mm-hmm. other ways to navigate to get to where you want to be. You know, so Listen. I, yeah. You are opening with like jams on jams already. I'm like, you know, there's a section of this podcast where you actually give advice, right? But I'm just like, okay, Omena, preach, preach. I love it. There are so many things that we're going to get into over the next um, 30 minutes or so where we're talking to each other. And I wrote them Mm -hmm. down and I'm like, I must remember to ask her about (laughs) this. All right, let's start with you. The everything that led up to you taking the role that you have right now, uh, yes. the, the DNA role you have right now. So, give us a bit of your career arc. Where did you start? How what did you study? What are you yeah. about? Yeah. Where are you going and <clears throat> what led you to say last year, "Hey, I'm going to jump into this role." Yeah. So, I my degree is in fashion promotion and illustration. So, I'm a very creative person. Mm-hmm. Specialized in illustrate illustration. Um, when I graduated, I kind of did some internships with friends in the uh, fashion industry, worked in the industry for a bit, didn't like it. I decided to kind of segue into something a bit more corporate. So I've worked across a spectrum of industries from architecture mm-hmm. to uh, infrastructure to law to now working for my third big four. And also, again, and then I had a little bit of a career, a, a career change, went back into the creative industry. Uh, when I, that was the reason I moved to Amsterdam, I was off the roll and, and then I didn't like it. I went, yeah, no, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't say in the fashion industry. And then, so I went back to the big four. So I've worked in a number of the roles specifically within around, say, I, I, I don't know if people might not understand it, but pursuits or bid management. So working with um, areas of the business or teams in the business to win, well, nowadays you can't really say new because uh, a lot of companies have a lot of the, client, the same clients. So it's more like winning new business with existing clients. Right. So I, it's like a project manager role. So I, I create the timeline, the project plan. I pull all the pieces together. I pull the team together. I coach. I train. I shape the value proposition, la, 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 mm-hmm. to put us in a good position to win this opportunity, multi-hundred million pound euro dollar opportunity with a client. So I've been doing that, I've been doing that for what, 14 years and it was okay. Um, I think I was just getting to a point where I was like, I could do this in my sleeve and it just wasn't fulfilling me near the end. I think that's why I moved into this DNI role. And funny enough, I wasn't going to go for this DNI role. Okay. Um, I kind of referred someone else to it. And then I had a bit of a, because I, I, I live with depression and anxiety. I was diagnosed years ago mm-hmm. and I had a bit of a meltdown late last year. So November, December, I took that those two months off because I needed to take care of myself mentally. Right. I understand because 
of everything with COVID. And then during that time, that time off, I thought, well, there's this job available. Why not go for it? Why not go for it? So I applied and the process was pretty quick and easy. Actually, I was surprised. They're like, yeah, yeah. I would like to offer you the job. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you, cool, 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 <laughs> cool. What the hell have I got myself into? Cool, cool. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I started the role beginning of this year, January of this year. So it's a, so it's a DNI role. I work with eight geographies across North and South Europe, so Ireland, UK, Belgium, Netherlands, the mm-hmm. Nordics, which is made up of five countries, um, Switzerland, and then we've got the Middle East, which is made up of 15 countries. So I work with the diversity and inclusion leads and the well-being leads in each of those geographies on developing and strategizing their DNI for their local geography, supporting them and advising them around the DNI space, but also planning DNI from like an NSC level. So overarching this is what we're doing against our four pillars we're now going to have five so it's gender mm-hmm. lgbtq plus ethnicity and cultural diversity mental health and well-being and neurodiversity that's the new one i'm introducing mm-hmm. so at the moment i'm working on the fy22 planning to kind of say okay this is why it's important we should do these certain activations mm-hmm. and i'm setting with the minimum standards at an nsc level but making sure we're aligned to what global are doing Um, And then rolling that out across the eight geographies and making sure that they're meeting those minimum standards. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, then it's, we have to have conversation. We have to talk. We have to talk. We we have to talk. Yes. So thank you for sharing all of that. Um, So many, like, I guess, learning moments uh, for, for everybody who will be listening to this. So first you studied something and then you tried it out for a little while. Mm. And you decided that this is this is not quite what I, I want to do. And I think yeah. that's so important because so many people have this mindset that um, what they studied, they, they have to stick to it. They yeah. have to basically yeah. not brave enough to pivot their careers, right? Yeah. But oh, um, and I definitely have. I'm a pivoter. Yeah. <laughs> I I love that. I love that. So that's a fantastic lesson. I'm going to put a pin on the mental health part because I think I would love to talk to you about that a little later on. So thank you for for being, for openly sharing that, right? Because people, people don't talk about it, especially women. We don't talk about it enough. So I'm glad that you already brought it up. The last thing for me is you seeing a role and not thinking that, yeah, it's not, it's for you. And then actually applying to it and then realizing, okay, I guess we're doing this. Uh, Anyway, so I love love your boldness. Um, I love how you've been able to pivot and figure out new things that excite you, right? And I know that you still kept your fashion uh, connection to the creative world. And we'll talk about that. Mm, Yes. Let's go a little bit more into your role, your your role. Uh, You already started hinting at how you are executing it. It seems very kumbaya right now. Yeah. It's going to get uncomfortable, right? Especially in the Netherlands. Um, They are uncomfortable about race particularly, right? Yes. They would be okay with with gender is sort of the leading one that they think they're only lens of diversity. And we show up as women and we're like, great, fantastic, let's do this. But um, how are you broaching the topic of other identities like race and stuff how are yeah. you them to the conversation yeah because gender we have the data till we're blue in the face like it's just a, but then for me my conversations I've had it's like okay right gender data but that data is just saying male 50 percent male or whatever percentage female but I said how many of those women are women of color 
Mm-hmm. They don't know. How many of them live with the neurodiverse who are neurodiverse? You don't know. How mm-hmm. many of them live with mental health challenges? You don't know. How many are of the or from the LGBT community? You don't know. So all we know is 50% male, 50% female. That for me is just not, doesn't give a clear overview of the demographics and the breakdown of our, of the people that sit within our organization. If you're mm-hmm. saying that, you know, and this is what I say, if you're saying we're diverse and inclusive, but you're not collecting the right data to show the makeup of, a di- of our, our diverse workforce, mm-hmm. then I believe that we're not diverse and inclusive. If you're not collating data on the LGBT community, eth- ethnic groups, people who live with mental challenges, neurodiverse people, then we're not diverse and inclusive because if mm-hmm. with that da- data is king with that data we can say okay here are the these are the red flags we're failing here we're not doing enough here okay then we know what we need to do we need to either you know reach out to the necessary network which we do we definitely involve the networks and in, in things that we do so cultural ethnicity networks or the lgbtq network but without that data it's difficult for us to then say what is this how are we going to approach this how are we going to support people who are from these demographics to make their work life beneficial for them so that's what i'm struggling with and i'm trying to push and I am I'm pushing that, that that agenda but again there's legalities to it which I understand right. each geography has legal regulations around the type of data you can collect mm-hmm. or the questions you, you can ask so you can't make it mandatory but you can make it voluntary so we okay. have launched something recently in the, in the Netherlands where we are collating that data and it's voluntary but it's a great step so I can specifically talk about the Netherlands because that's my job at my home location so, mm-hmm. and they are doing a number of things so they're as a result BLM happened last summer they had a hanging out sessions with the executive board so people could share their experiences air their grievances or just say well what are you going to do like they just it was a listening it was a listening session for the people who were you know like the leadership and and the partners to hear from the employees and then taking that away and saying okay this is what we've heard now this is what we need to do Mm -hmm. and then as a result now this come out with a diversity measurement survey which has been months years in the in the in the making finally was launched this week which is great and then you know working with doing a number of outreach so recruitment talent doing outreach programs to universities foundations to encourage youth young people of color to consider applying to Deloitte Mm -hmm. so all important things but I think there's definitely a long way for us uh, for the Dutch firm to go Mm-hmm. They definitely need to do more. And it's my, you know, there's a great IMD team that's there. And but also me sitting within this NSE role, it's my role to, you know, to support them around and pushing mm-hmm. it as well. Pushing, you know, for me, it's like, okay, great, we've got gender. But I said, what about ethnicity and culture, the cultural diversity? And then just the conversations I've heard around that was just, I mean, I, I don't really want to share. Yeah. It's just <laughs> shocking to me. It's just shocking. And I said, well, you know, by those comments or by not considering these people within your organization, then you cannot say you are diverse and inclusive. Mm-hmm. So my goal is by, as I said, my FY22 planning, shape it to make sure against the five pillars that there are programs or the minimum standards in place to ensure that we are meeting that, di- to say that we are diverse and inclusive. Mm-hmm. And then making sure that each geography meets those minimum standards. And if they don't, 
we hold them accountable because that's the thing. Diversity and inclusion is, well, diversity, equity and inclusion is not just like, a, as I said, the kumbaya and, oh, look at us, we're doing these programs, we're yes, doing these things, we're doing this, that. It's yeah. like also holding people accountable holding but also having those non-judgmental conversations as well. Mm-hmm. But again, as a Black woman who lives with mental health challenges, who I don't sit in one bucket, I sit in many buckets. And my insight of great value, I know of great value too. And I bring a lot to the table because of, you know, Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting once we start to implement or roll out the FY22 planning, what happens. But for mm-hmm. me, I'm one of those people, I will dig my deals in deep and I will make sure it gets done because I've had very negative and racist and discriminatory, not at Deloitte, but other places I've worked at, mm-hmm. which truly traumatized me. Tra- right. I'm telling you, traumatized me and compounded my mental health, my, my depression and anxiety. And I, as a Black woman, don't want to see any other person of colour or from any other community go through what I went through. It's so painful. And like I said, it traumatises people that you you live with it for all your life. So when BLM happened last summer, I was crying uncontrollably. I'd be in the shower crying. And I'm like, wow, because I think I just, I, I went through, got through the situation and it was positive for me I was very fortunate that I walked away with, with a good conclusion but most people don't most and people it, don't and it it stays with yes them and it sticks with them time. yeah and it stuck with me even though I had a good conclusion outcome it stuck with me and it shocked me how last summer my, my reaction I was just crying uncontrollably so if what I can do whether big or small can help someone in some shape or form to feel mm-hmm. that they are part of that firm that they are included, that their voices are heard, that they can bring their their true, their whole selves mm-hmm. um, to, to work, that they feel there is a community there for them, then I've done my job. I love this so much, firing your energy about it, your kind of integrity about it. And just the deepness, the place you're coming from with this is just, yeah. it's, it's big. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really excited, right, to see how this is going to, to work Me out too. for you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, let's, ta- let's tackle one more um, inclusion issue, which is yes. um, microaggressions. Yeah. Uh, there was, uh, I talked about this with some past guests on, on, the, on this podcast, right? Uh, the context of the Netherlands has two specific things about that topic specifically. So microaggressions, right, is when people do micro actions, I guess you could call it that. Otherwise hurtful and may compound on people's mental health as you talk about yeah. as well. So here you have the case of most super ma- massive Latinalism about like prejudice, right, racism, because they are supposed to be so progressive here uh, as, as well, which then turns into people not checking their own behavior around diverse people so i'm um i'd love to know your experiences with that one and then how are you as as the dni leader um addressing this or planning to i know you just started but is that yeah radar um and how are you thinking about it So in terms of, I like I said, working in the corporate world as a Black woman or a person of colour, I mean, the microaggressions is just stupidly insane. People come and touch your hair. The hair thing is, is the big thing. And also say, oh, you're so loud. Or, oh, why are you so angry? You know, um, the angry Black woman, the angry Black mm. man. Mm. And I'm just like, 
So because mm-hmm. I'm I'm in a meeting and I'm saying something, oh, why are you so angry? I'm not angry. It's called passion. It's called commitment. Right. It's called challenge. It's mm-hmm. called doing my job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, so I mean, and I've experienced those. And in the beginning, again, because I was very, uh, you know, lacked the confidence and very shy, uh, but didn't show it. I didn't, I didn't, not, not what the words isn't retaliate, but I didn't fight back. I didn't say, right. don't appreciate you making you that You didn't comment. hold people accountable. Exactly. I didn't appreciate mm-hmm. you saying that. I didn't appreciate you trying to touch me because uh, it's like, I will come and touch you. So why are you touching me or why are you making this comment? So in regards to what we're doing at Deloitte, so we're going to be launching a microaggressions e-learning okay. soon. So mm-hmm. I was part of that process. I was part of the focus group. So going through the script, so it's going to be uh, a 15 minute microaggressions e-learning but then there's also going to be a supporting workshop so mm-hmm. they've, cre- they've created the facilitation guide for that so then people can that e-learning will be accompanied by this workshop mm-hmm. so it's just going through what is a microaggression what does mm-hmm. it mean here are some examples here is this here are some scenarios and then here is what you should do <laughs> you know don't do this do this and then, of course, there'll be like a, a test. Obviously, there's a test uh, during and then like the main one afterwards. But then, uh, you know, because I, I, you know, I sort of said to the person sort of leading on this, I'm like, 15 minutes is not enough to mm-hmm. cover microaggressions and to <laughs> get people, to educate people on microaggressions. But which is why they created the accompanying workshop to support a deeper conversation around that. Because I think microaggressions is very important, especially in the workplace. Mm-hmm. People do it so often. So it covers everything from like race, uh, gender, to LGBTQ+, to disability, mm-hmm. um, et cetera, and religion, yada, yada, yada. But it's so important because microaggressions, as it happens, it's commonplace in the workplace to the point it seems to be the norm. Mm. and that type of behavior is not normal it's non-inclusive it's hopefully you know by rolling this out so it'll be rolled out across all the north and south europe geographies this will sort of support you know what we're doing around dni space but also kind of educate people on those comments that you thought were harmless and not harmless they're painful and they're detrimental to to your colleague so how are you going to check that people have learned and are changing their behavior well, I mean, these things, as you know, the saying goes, Rome wasn't built in a day. So uh-huh. it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. But I think these workshops, will, the workshops, the accompanying workshop that we hold or the geographies hold should support around, I think, educating people further, but also I think obtaining that feedback and finding out how all the sessions went, what are people's thoughts around it? Mm-hmm. Does it work? Doesn't it work? Is there something that we're missing? I mean, we involve this very diverse folk there. Mm-hmm. We, we involved a very diverse focus group from all our member firms. So not just North and South Europe, North South Europe, Latin America, Africa, mm-hmm. and the US, global. So we had a very mixed group of people involved in, in being part of this focus group and say, yeah, I wouldn't use that term. Mm, not sure about that. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, so hopefully I think it will really resonate with people and people will, you know, jump on. It, it, it is being made mandatory. Okay. So ah, this is a this is a mandatory mm-hmm. mandatory uh, training that e learning everyone has to do. So I think that's that's the most important thing. One of the most important things, but also I think for the thing is they will definitely be collating feedback and getting people's thoughts and opinions on what they thought about mm-hmm. the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean I did it okay. as a focus group, but we need to hear from the actual people doing it. Right. Indeed. 
Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that. Wow. Um, it's going to be an interesting next couple yeah. of weeks for you. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to kind of see what impact the, all these things that you are deploying are, are going to have, right? Mental yeah. health. Let's get into yes. that one. You've mentioned it a bunch of times. Love that you are so open about yes. it, right? Huge topic with Black women. Yes. Um, and how we, we step out into the into the world. For you, what has been your experience with that? And is that something you also share at work? Uh, I, yeah. how, how, do you, how do you treat this topic around your your colleagues? I am very open about my mental health challenges. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't hide it because uh, growing up as a in an African household, we view, I'm not saying all Africans, but I think our parents' generation, grandparents' generation, mental health is something that does not exist. You have some sort of spirit, something is spiritually not well with you or unclean, mm-hmm. you know. So it's always back to the, the the religion. Whereas, you know, growing up in an African uh, a household, we we never talked about mental health. It didn't exist. You were just having a bad day. Get over it. That's the thing. Get over it. Get over it. And c- continue to do that all my life. And I knew there was a lot going on with me, but I didn't know how to describe it, how to vocalize it, how to verbalize it. So I kept quiet. It's I think the shame and the stigma. And I think more so within the black community, it, you know, it's funny. So, you know, like us Africans, so there's a term for, we say, Oibo, Oibo is white person. Mm-hmm. It's an Oibo disease. It's a white, <laughs> white person, person disease. disease. White person disease. <laughs> Not a black person disease. Don't, don't have mental health like, problems. We don't have mental health. No. No. no we don't you know what? Us. You actually then triggers, triggered me to your introduction because you talked about being Nigerian and just being quality that you have right the personality that you have of being a bulldozer and just like a bad something bad happens it's just it's just bad so Mm. while that's also great and has helped you to go through life right and go after the things you want it's also kind of toxic (laughs) yeah so toxic which is why you know I ended up it was in my early 20s no sort of mid 20s I I just got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore I sought help uh, I was diagnosed. I started therapy and it was difficult sitting there in a room with a stranger, opening up to a complete stranger about everything I felt from shame, mm. self-loathing, disgust. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not. But people see me like, oh, yeah, she's amazing. She's confident. She's da, 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 da. Yeah. This is the thing about people who live with mental health. We are the biggest actors in the world. We mm. may wear this mask so easy. There's two sides to us. There's a side that inside we are dying. We're in pain. We're grieving. We're, you know, but we don't share the outside world. We we project this. Everything's great. Everything's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, as you said, it's toxic to us that eventually, you know, some people have taken their life mm-hmm. as a result of it. And people are shocked. They're like, but hold on a minute. I just saw him or her yesterday. We had a drink and they were fine. And then they wake up and they go, oh, so-and-so killed themselves last night. And they're like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, and I was fortunate I never got to that point. But, you know, I got the help. It really helped me and it allowed me. I I opened up and I'm like, I will no longer live this. I should. I have nothing to be ashamed about. Mm-hmm. Nothing to be ashamed of. If I break an arm or I have something wrong with my heart, you go and get help. Mental mm-hmm. health is, 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 is mental health challenge. Is it's a disability. It is a it is yes. acknowledged as a disability. So I got the help. I which then led to me just being very vocal about my mental. Health. I talk about it with people at work. Mm-hmm. I have no shame because I realized by talking about it, you are probably helping someone. Someone who is bottling it up. Yes. Mm-hmm. because they look at you and go oh wow like look how she's like just 
so free with talking about it. And then it's like, oh, okay, then I can take those first steps or those little steps to get the help that I need or the support Mm -hmm. that I need. Because it definitely freed me up to be who I am today. Like I'm a lot happier with who I am today than I was. Mm -hmm. I was a young woman in pain. Now I'm a grown ass woman Mm. who is, I'm I'm not perfect. I'm infallible, but I speak my truth and I live my truth and I call Mm -hmm. out people on their BS and I speak and I'm vocal and I'm, it's, yeah, life is for me is, yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. It's a lot more easier. And I, I freely talk about it and I, because I want to, I hope that my story will encourage and give people, yeah, to, to take the steps to get help. Mm. Don't live in silence. Don't live in, don't, there's nothing to be ashamed about. I'm, I'm happy I live with depression and anxiety. It made me the person I am, as I said person I am today look at me indeed thank you so much for sharing that I'm sure there's so many people who will be listening who will understand that I understand that I've also been in therapy uh quite a bit just acknowledging it and I went through the same journey right being African coming from like a ah don't tell strangers my shit (laughs) 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 you need help (laughs) you need help all right Omena creative jam session you mentioned bunch of times also yes. that you kept your connection to the creative world tell us more about that so i founded the network tjs over a year ago and i was I, i'm like i don't know growing up in london like i didn't really join i didn't join any black networks because i just thought they weren't for me i just went mm-hmm. mm, sound like it's not for me and then i came to the netherlands and i was slowly but surely building a community around me friendship groups etc friends but i thought there was something missing and i thought okay I'm gonna set up a network because the funny thing is I'd always thought about doing it again this is the whole don't let your fears rule you Mm. could have would have should have so I did it and we held our first event god it was 20 something of October or no November November 2000 god was it 19 19 Mm -hmm. in someone's apartment and we had like 30 people there and then we did an event in, I think, January or February 20... Before the pandemic. Yeah. And we had 80 people. And then Black History Month, February, what? we had over 100 people. Mm-hmm. And everyone, the feedback was like, this is great. This is amazing. I've never seen anything like this before. Because for me, I don't. it's, it's very informal. I don't like all this formal nonsense. Mm-hmm. Very informal. I say to people, come get your life. Come have fun. Come, come create, connect, learn, but most importantly, jam. We talk about DNI topics. We I leverage the amazing, diverse talent that works in an, in an Amsterdam. So we've had, you know, we we mix it up with international so mm-hmm. expat speakers as well as local Dutch speakers mm-hmm. who've worked worked for some of the biggest brands and companies within based in Amsterdam and we get them to share their stories and their insights and provide advice recommendations and key takeaways because I don't just want the conversation to start and stop in that room I want it to continue I want you to take it to your workplaces I want you to take it to your family I want you to take it to your friends not just put it in 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 this room but also it's a great way to meet people that you never probably would have spoken to before to ask whatever questions mm-hmm. in a safe space you know people say safe space no it is a safe space there is no judgment Actually. in that room mm-hmm. I don't record the sessions are not recorded because I want it to be a safe space so people can freely talk I and then it. of course we jam at the end 
So we jam, there's a DJ, there's drinks. There's Wait, that's the jam part of this meeting? That's the jam. We have the jam. Please invite me. You're coming. <laughs> You're coming After and it's the great. pandemic, I am there, okay? Yeah. We just jam and it's great. Everyone has so much fun and it's, you yeah, know, it's, it. like it's such a buzz. Like I was, I'm on this high I'm like, it's like literally the day of the event. I've got butterflies and nerves and I feel Yeah, nauseous. and you got, And then oh. once it starts, it's like this amazing high. And I'm like, yeah, welcome to the Creative Jam session. And blah, blah, blah. And the conversations that we have are so amazing. And they're funny, they're eye-opening, but also just really insightful just to say, oh my God, you've gone through the same thing too. We have a shared commonality. Exactly. That's awesome. Because, Thank you for, yeah. for creating this space. I'm sure everybody, like you say, it looks like it, it resonated with a lot of people. Yes. Uh, and they show up, right? They And they keep showing up. Oh, well, we're always a valuable space. Great. Wow. Amina, you are a whole vibe, girl. You are, you are a vibe. <laughs> I am here for all of it. All right, let's start wrapping up this conversation. What book have you read that yeah. is significant to to you in some way obviously michelle obama's coming okay. love it okay. love it literally me, i was like tell me more why you love it so much oh it's it's just it just made me go through a cornucopia of emotions mm. i loved i cried i was angry i was upset i was it was amazing it was such a good and e- not easy re- no I'm not saying it was it like easy read but it was just so like yeah I'm kicking with my girlfriend and we're just chatting about the frustrations of the struggles of what we gone through. it's like her story is my story it's your story mm-hmm. it's every black woman's story it's so relatable it gives great advice it the way she handled situations the she, the microaggressions the racism the sexism discrimination she went through Again, it just picks up on so many things. But then she talks about her family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for Black people, you know, our family, uh, you know, my family is very important to me. You know, her family, mm-hmm. it's like she's this lioness and she shares with us growing up. Like she didn't have, her parent family weren't rich, but they were working class and this and mm-hmm. the struggles of her parents. And again, so relatable. That was my parents. That was yeah. my family. That was my upbringing. And her parents were so behind her and her brother and encouraged and spurred. And My parents did the same thing. And I said, you know, I give credit to my parents because if they made me the woman I'm today, especially my mother, I don't want to cry. She made me the woman I'm today. Oh, Sorry. Honey. I'm so grateful. Yeah. You know, and and it's, it's so important to have, as a Black woman, to have a strong Black woman in your life. Indeed. Because my mom inspires me. Sorry. My mom inspires me to do so much, which is why I, I am in this career that I'm in now. And I founded the Crave Jam Session because of, sorry, because of her. Oh, honey, do you need a mom? Sorry. Right? Oh, this is amazing. Sorry. This is amazing. She, amazing and inspiring to see women like Michelle Obama share and bear themselves open. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and I, and I do the same too, but I just look back, just reading her story. It was all, it was her parents were that catalyst mm-hmm. to where she mm-hmm. is today, you know? Yeah, and we're all a product of our environment. Yeah. In some shape yeah, and, form. and 
her has were such positive forces and so was your mom yeah uh, as, as well and that's that's incredible yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah, oh my God. I want to thank you now. I got so emotional. I got oh, so okay, yeah. <laughs> It's okay. All right. All right. All right. Oh, so, okay. Let's talk about uh, yes. jamming. Jamming. What is your yeah. high pop song? My high pop song. Yes. What uh, you like okay. going? <laughs> yeah. So, there's the, um, it's a it's a remix, actually. It's the Candy Shop remix with Ooh. Pop Smoke and Descent. You, It's so good. That gets me going. I love yeah. it. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> what about three words you could you would describe yourself with? Um, determined, mm-hmm. loyal, oh, stylish. I was saying another saying: you can take the girl out of fashion, but you can't take fashion out of the girl. So Ooh. Okay. Okay. And plus, my mother was a very stylish woman too. You mm. know how in Africa, imagine your handbag must match your shoes. Of course. What is so, this? You're again, going to town. Uh, my mom would not leave the house without makeup. You know, this <laughs> woman, you know, was next level. But you know, like she has sense of style inspired me growing up as a kid. And then also, yeah, yeah like I definitely, I think as I've grown older, I've definitely become more stylish and confident in myself and, mm-hmm. and confident in terms of my fashion choices and my style choices. Yes. I walk to the beat of my own drama. I don't cop, oh, because this is in, therefore I need to wear. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I create my own look. I create and I wear things that I love and I feel comfortable in and make me look good, make me feel sexy, exactly. make me happy. Yeah. I love color. I love prints. I love tailoring. I love, you know, but it's, yeah, I, I, that's, yeah, stylish. And you're showing up in the corporate world like that. Oh, hell yeah. I wear, I wear silver shoes. Mm-hmm. I wear, it's like, yeah, when I walk into the room, all eyes on me. Ah, okay. There we go. Okay. It's like, you may not remember my name, but you will remember. You will remember these this shoes, though. These. You will remember. <laughs> It's like, oh my God, you're wearing silver shoes. It's like, yes, I'm wearing silver shoes. I <laughs> yes. love it. Oh my God. Oh my God. All right. I'm going to drop us some last gems. Three pieces of advice that you want to leave other women of color yes. in the corporate world. Okay. First one, network, network, network. Uh, very important. Build your network far and wide. Don't restrict yourself to your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. different areas different industries or different parts of the business or workplace that you're in second is get a mentor um like um uh, like within your workplace definitely find a mentor someone who's your advocate your champion that will advise you and support you and also when it comes to as i said making those moves like you know i know w- women some women not all women some women are uncomfortable talking about money but also women of color too mm. man look if you you know your worth you know your value Go and not I mean, not demand, but re- that get that money that you know you should get that money. Get that, get bag. that money. Mm. Get that back. Mm. You know, don't settle. So that's those are my three p- bits of advice. <laughs> Amina, this has been such a treat. Thank you so much Pleasure. for your presence. Your my cheese. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, girl. I just want to like. It makes me so happy. It makes me so happy to see that you are living out your purpose. Yes. Um, and you are, and, it, and it, it comes from a very personal, deep place. And you share so candidly about all of it, right? 
that's that's amazing and i want people who will listen to this episode to i they would definitely feel the same way that i just did right now and yeah by the way we're friends now just fyi yeah. Just so you know, I know that we were not like really seeing each other. Like that. We're friends now. I yeah, am inviting friends. myself Me into your inner Me circle, baby. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to hit me up when you're in Amsterdam. I absolutely. That's it from me this week thanks to my wonderful wonderful guest omena for sharing her story on b squared c i would love to hear your thoughts on this episode what resonated with you what struck you did you know the phrase naija no de carry last before you heard it here come over to the b squared c instagram and linkedin page and let me know or just send me a dm If you like what you heard, go ahead and give this podcast five stars wherever you're listening to it from. And don't forget to share it with your network. In fact, that's all I want for my birthday. For you to introduce this podcast to one other person in your life. Lastly, you can also make a small donation to keep this podcast going. You can buy me a coffee with the link in the show notes. In two weeks' time, I will be back with a reflection of some of the things Omina and I talked about. Until then, I am your host, Nancy. Be safe, be empowered, and stay inspired. For your energy, passion, and just being very vulnerable on this podcast, I will be talking to you soon and see you at the Creative Gem Session.